Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. We are from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church with five locations in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm the Campus Support Team Director at South Mountain Community Church. With me today, as always, we have Eric Nelson, one of our teaching pastors, and Paul Roby, our lead pastor. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing good. We uh, Before we started recording here, we were just talking about the weekend in sports, uh, talking about Monday Night Football. We talked about the thriller of a U.S. Open, and uh, you know my favorite sporting event of the year, the Tour de France, wrapped up, and... Uh, Adam, do all those things bore you? Uh, all of those things bore me. <laughs> no, well, no, football. Monday Night Football does not bore me. <laughs> it was a great weekend of sports. Paul, you're feeling good over there. I am feeling awesome. In fact, I'm wearing my car jersey today, Oakland. Not Oakland, but not Las Oakland. Vegas Raiders. And we are officially on a Super Bowl watch for the Raiders. 2020, some people will be listening to this podcast in 2025, 2026. <laughs> And let me just let you know now, we're in September, and I'm calling it Raiders 2020. I, I was talking to somebody recently about how Paul, every year that I've known Paul, has said the Raiders, like at the beginning of the season, he's like, this could be their year. Every year is it could be the Raiders year. This, this year might actually be true. Anyways, uh, before we jump in for today, just a reminder to you guys, uh, I was just looking at the downloads from um, this uh, this past week and just seeing that this podcast already has uh, uh, well over 3,500 downloads. Uh, just super appreciate you guys uh, sharing and listening and subscribing, downloading. Um, that just helps us a ton and helps us to get out there more. Uh, and when you share it with a friend, um, that's just a really easy, free way to to help us out as well. So thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate that. And as well, um, thank you for leaving a review and uh, just letting us know how things are going. I know I've got a, a few in that I've, I've been saving to, to read, but I, I get a lot of feedback on this podcast and just really appreciate um, you guys doing that. So thank you for for leaving a review and and rating our podcast as well. And and just as before, if you do have questions about this, you can email us or call us. Those details are in the description below. And we would love to answer that uh, those questions for you, whether it's related to the subjects that we're talking about or something completely different. Now, guys, we've been going through this journey through the SMCC Way. I think everybody who's been listening for a while kind of understands that, but the SMCC Way guides us as an organization. And what we just, you know, really did, you know, wrap up um, and finished up was our first strategic uh, objective, number one, which is creating an irresistible culture. And that contains a lot of values that are core to who we are as a church. Now, what we're going to do today is go into our second strategic objective, and I think this is helpful for people listening um, that are either not attending or are definitely, you know, if you're attending, this is helpful for you to know. Our strategic objective number two is to develop irresistible environments. So strategic objective number one was uh, irresistible culture. This one is an irresistible uh, environments at our church. So Paul, let's just go straight to you. You're the you're the boss man, as I say. You know what what uh, is the the point in this, or what what is the history that led you up to making sure this was in this document? Right. There there's several things that come from my history that helped me form this strategic objective. It became very important to me as I recognized that sometimes churches expect the guest to just kind of figure it out. Like there's lack of signage, uh, rooms are 
are not well prepared. Things don't start on time. You can tell it is so insider focused. It's all acceptable to the insider, but for the outsider, they're kind of thinking to themselves, do they even want me here? Did they expect me to come? And the answer is no. Uh, sometimes they're scrambling for a brochure when I've actually visited churches on vacation and they're scrambling for a brochure that would describe their church when I asked for like an info packet or, hey, I'm a guest, I'm new today. Do you have some information about your church? They don't even know where they put the stuff because they don't have visitors. And it's very obvious why once I get there. Uh, one time, uh, the band was just not ready to go. They had to stop a song in the middle of the song and go, okay, okay, we, we've got that completely wrong. And they were kind of working with the drummer to get the beat right. Okay, now we're ready to go. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this is embarrassing. But they didn't seem embarrassed. Another time, uh, you know, we took our, our kids to church and we look into the, the room that they're supposed to go to. No, I think we'll keep our kids with us. It's that type of thing that people experience at church. So we want people to basically, and especially in terms of, of children, be confident that their children are well cared for, that they're they're being uh, in a clean, safe environment, that the teachers are competent, and, and so that the adult can go into the big room and, and just be able to concentrate and not think about their kids. Um, the other thing is, if you don't act like you want new people there, the word gets out, especially among your own people, that this is not a safe place to bring a guest. And, and I know I've said this before, but we have this deal with our people, and that is, Really, we promise you, if you will invest in a redemptive friendship where you're, you're, you're invested in a friend, and then, of course, you can't control whether or not they ever would want to come to church, but you, know, you would like to invite them, and especially in Utah. Our Sunday morning event is our evangelism strategy. We're hoping that this person will come through the front door and for the very first time experience a new and different culture. Well, the environment experience is essential for them to actually get to the point where they can see the culture. If the environment is lousy, they're already turned off, they're, they're out the door. And so we actually want people to enjoy themselves and, and to understand everything and to understand that perhaps they could do this too. So what we've tried to do, and oh my goodness, I, I was a guest preacher for years uh, as I was associate pastor. No, no churches will be named here. But the cringe factor was like fingernails on a chalkboard for a guest. They had no idea how cringy their language was, how cringy their actions were, uh, to a person that wasn't a longtime church goer. And man, it was just so important for me. If we're going to be outward focused, that we eliminate that cringe factor and make sure that people can have a good experience. So there is a passage in Acts, and we've referred to this before, and the, the early church was having quite the controversy. And it's, it's basically a controversy. Should we be outward focused or inward focused? That's really what it boils down to. 
And James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, said, It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. See, the early believers were all Jewish, and they had their own culture, and they understood each other. It was the in-group. And so now they're trying to reach outside of that group to non-Jewish people, and James is saying, let's not make it more difficult than it has to be. It's already difficult. Let's not make it more difficult. And so that's really what's behind this value, this, this objective, is let's not make it more difficult than it needs to be for the person that is uninitiated in, in biblical Christianity. Absolutely, Paul. And I think somebody could be listening to this and thinking, that's really interesting that a church would pay so much attention to environments, and we'll talk more about how we do that. But I think everybody listening knows the importance of environments. Um, one of the things that I find very fascinating is the story of Walt Disney and the attention that he put into the environments at Disney, from from costumes to the rooms that people went in and staff couldn't go in. And, uh, you know, they, there was such a focus on the environments around Disney that the environment at Disney is one of the most special places that people go to. I mean, it's incredible at, at Disney. Now, a little closer to home, I think about this place called Sundance that I like to go to. It's a resort uh, up Provo Canyon, and, and I love Sundance. Robert Redford uh, got that place started, and he paid careful attention to the environment and everything from the decor to how the buildings were made, all of that. And I love going there because you feel like you're brought into a, this new experience, and the environment is all part of that. So to anybody listening to this, you already have environments you love to go to, and you have places you don't like to go to because of the environment. Grandma's house with the angels, you know, painting on the wall, and the heat's wrong, and it's hot. You don't like to stay night, stay the night. It's because environments, they really do, they really do matter. And so we're all used to environments. In our Western world, in the 21st century, um, environments are really a big deal to us, and so we want to pay attention to that, and and we want to control our environments. That's how we talk about it. Um, a lot of churches try to control people. We realize we can't control people. We don't want to control people. We can't even control church growth. The thing that we can control, though, are our environments, and people who volunteer on our team say, I want to be a part of creating a great environment, and so then that's what we do together. And so environments are what people experience first when they walk through the doors of SMCC, and um, and once again, uh, in, our own, in our own lives, when you have guests over to your home, you probably tidy up. And if you don't tidy up when you have guests coming over, your guests might not like coming over, okay? That's just how it goes. And so, of course, my wife and I are okay with that one part of the counter that gets very, very cluttered for a couple weeks, and then we have guests over, and what do we do? We clean up that part of the counter. And because we want to create a welcoming environment uh, for our guests. Um, one of my favorite pastors, Andy Stanley, says, which type of person are you? Are you an environments person or not? Can you see messy environments or not? Because some of us just can't see the clutter in our homes. We can't see the mess. Maybe we don't see the mess in our churches. He says, when someone climbs into your car, do you have to shuffle a whole bunch of stuff off the front seat so they have a place to sit? If so, you might not be the person who has an eye for environments, okay? And so we want to have people who have an eye for environments in our spaces, um, creating these environments for our guests so that our guests can then have the opportunity to experience our culture. The goal is not uh, to create great environments for the sake of environments. It's that environments lead people to a place where they can take their next steps. Yeah, I, I think through this and, and just a couple of notes came to mind. It's funny, I talked to you. So for anybody that knows me personally, and now you listening will know a little bit more about me. For, for some reason, I don't know why, I guess it's because it's cheap. I actually really like Walmart. 
Um, and many of my friends will joke with me because they hate going to Walmart. Because the environment. Because of the environment, yeah. right. So so for me, I'm more focused on it's it's cheaper um, for the things that I want compared to other places. But, you know, if you were to ask, you know, ask my friends, you know, would you rather go, you know, if we're going to go shopping for an hour, do you want to go shopping at Target or do you want to go shopping at Walmart? Almost all of them are going to say Target just because of the environment is that much better. Totally. Um, and then I think, you know, just about all that you guys are saying, and I've experienced this myself, um, you know, whether it be at uh, another church I've worked at or even at SMCC, some of the things that um, we really want to try to to guard against um, because we want so so much to 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 eliminate those barriers. Um, so so if you're listening to this and you attend SMCC and you serve on a team, I want to emphasize how important your role in a team is because it has happened to me before where I've got a new family that came in that's new to the area, want to try church. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm talking to them in the lobby, talking about how great um, SMCC Kids is, that your kids won't be bored. It's a safe environment. You know, they're going to have fun. They're going to want to come back. Um, and then I and then I help them, you know, hey, I'll show, I'll show you to a room. And it's, you know, maybe it's three minutes before service starts. And I get to the room and I go, oh, no, there's not a, there's no volunteer. There's no volunteer here. Like that is such a, um, it's not a letdown for me, you know, personally, like, but, but as an organization, that's like a, whoa, oh no, like, how could this happen where we've, 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 we've assured them that, you know, their kids are going to be wanting them to come back to church where the parents aren't going to have to convince them to get in the minivan to go to church, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to enjoy it. And then, you know, maybe the volunteer uh, was late that morning. Maybe, who knows, maybe they were going to the bathroom or something, but you know, it was something where I come to the room and the room is empty. And I'm like, oh no, this is happening. You know, so if you're a team member, whether it be in kids or on guest services or in the band, your role is so important for us as a church. So I just hope that people can realize that. Well, I'm hoping some pastors listen to this podcast. That would be awesome because that would have a exponentially good effect, I think, on the church in general. Uh, I think if this is a valuable podcast. And so sometimes the thought is, wow, that just seems like a lot of effort, you know, to make these these great environments. But I think that we're shooting ourselves in the foot if we don't. And the reason I say that is because volunteers want to be proud of the environment that they work in, that they're volunteering in. They want people to think that they're they're invested in something of value. Mm-hmm. And and so I think this this idea I know for our our, our music people, um, our tech people, this is an excellent production on mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, and I know that that rubs some people in the wrong way. The word production, but we produce a service, mm-hmm. and we have auditions for singers. We have auditions for for musicians. We. We coach the people running our slides. We work hard on getting our sound right. I mean, we are all about putting effort into every aspect of this beforehand so that when people show up, it looks effortless. It doesn't seem rehearsed. It doesn't seem forced. It isn't weird. This all comes across pretty easily and well because we've practiced a lot and we start on Thursday night and and we pre-record a lot of things we use some tracks we we do everything we can to make it excellent mm-hmm. because when when it's excellent people actually feel more comfortable mm-hmm. and and Tim Keller's made this uh, point 
and his church is not known known for loud and proud music. It's it's pretty much hymns and uh, you know in New York City it's it's not great, but it's it's not great for perhaps young people in the kind of music they love. But whatever music they do, it's awesome. They do it super well. And he's made the comment that when you're inviting somebody to church, this matters to them that this be quality, because in New York City, every other thing they attend is well done. And so they don't want to go to church that's sloppy and weird and, and, and just put thrown together. Absolutely. He goes on to say that excellence is costly at times, you know? It's, uh, you can operate your church on a smaller budget if you're not pursuing excellence. Um, he talks, uh, his wife Kathy Keller talks about having bagels in the lobby. Well, they wanted to have bagels just as a small next step towards excellence. And so, of course, that pushes their funding out a little bit because they have these things around that create excellent environments. And so that's the real tension with this value. In fact, um, this value produces a lot of tension. Um, Paul, uh, we have a Beatles picture up at one or two of our locations. Um, and every once in a while, people, three of our locations, something like that, every once in a while, people say, what kind of church would have the Beatles on the wall? Are you worshiping the Beatles? Like, we've got that email before, um, but that's part of creating an environment that speaks to a person who finds the Beatles music uh, enjoyable, comforting, casual. We want them to see that and think, huh, this is not like a, maybe another church that I've been in. Usually I see Jesus pictures on the wall. They got the Beatles on the wall. This place is different. So, Paul, is there anything you want to say about the well, Beatles thing? it's the Abbey Road cover, yeah, and they're, it's it's taking a next step. They're mm-hmm. obviously taking their next step. Now, I don't know where they're going with their next step, but it is an illustration of taking a step, and it it says that we don't take ourselves that seriously. You did not come to a stuffy place. Mm-hmm. That's really that's what we're communicating. Mm-hmm. And we, we put a playground right next to the front door at, at two of our campuses so that we communicate. We like kids. Mm-hmm. So everything says something. Our environment says something to the people. The welcome desk is right in front of the, in mm-hmm. front of the first door so that people don't have to wonder, where do I go? Who do I ask? It's, it, people wear lanyards. People wear special shirts. You know, all this is very intentional so mm-hmm. that people feel comfortable. They, you don't want to stress them out. Yeah, I like what you just said. Environments communicate a message. Uh, at one of our locations, there's a sign in the office that says the sermon starts in the parking lot because the message that our church is communicating to people is being communicated the moment someone goes on our website or the moment someone pulls into our parking lot. So I like to tell the people in the parking lot parking cars and waving, you're a part of the message. You really are a part of the message. Every part of our environment communicates a message. Now, we talked a little bit about going to restaurants and stuff like that. You ever been to a restaurant, guys, and um, there's someone behind the counter, but their back's to you. They're on their phone. They're cleaning. You just get the message, you don't care about me. Like, the environment is so horrible. You're sitting there, and you're like, is anybody going to take care of me? Is anybody going to take my order? Sometimes I go to a restaurant. This happened the other day. We were going to our favorite Thai restaurant. And of course, I consider myself an insider there. I know the food. I know it's good. I, I'm not worried by the environment as much because I'm past that. But on the on the uh, door, there's this handwritten note. Sorry, we're no longer open from three to five. It's like this handwritten note, and it's like, what in the... And I'm like, well, good thing we got here at five. We just got lucky. But Adam, when you talk about um, taking people to classrooms and there's no volunteer, or sometimes there's a handwritten note, classroom closed today, all of that is horrendous. It's our goal that that never happens here. It's like, we don't want people who brought their guests to have to apologize for us. Now, 
you know, to be transparent, sometimes that happens. Sometimes we don't get it right, but it's our goal uh, to get it right. Now, another example of this, Paul, uh, the church that I first worked at in ministry, I started a church at, at 21, 22, it had purple carpet. I mean, just this, just the brightest purple carpet you could ever see. Now, the reason they had purple carpet and the reason they picked it is it's because it's the color of royalty in Jesus is king. Now, I believe Jesus is king, and he should be treated as a king. However, a first-time guest walks in and says, I've never seen purple carpet before. What is going on in this place? Now, especially if they don't think Jesus is king yet, and you explain to them Jesus is king, they think, this is the weirdest environment I've ever been in. What are the odds that they're coming back? So let's pick a carpet color that kind of fits in the culture that we live in, and it's probably not purple. And that's part of creating an environment that gives people the time and space to then hear a message, you know? What's interesting about what you said, Eric, about the handwritten notes, which I do see sometimes in, um, you know, at a restaurant or a store, and it, and it drives me crazy, is one of the things that we want to say in relation to environments and how important they are is, is that we've thought ahead. Mm-hmm. A handwritten note on the door does not say that we thought ahead. It says we were caught off guard. We weren't planned out well. Right. We were not expecting this to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it happened, and we didn't have time to make a sign for it. That's what a handwritten <laughs> note communicates. Yeah. You know, and we don't want to communicate that. We want to communicate that we've thought ahead about you. We've thought ahead about the environments. Um, even at um, at the campus that I'm at now, you know, helping reform, uh, just really work on on some things. Part of environments is just saying. Um, let's not do things Sunday morning that could have been done on Thursday, right? Like because then that gets done half. It gets half done, mm-hmm. and people can tell that. Or even just like you said with the restaurant. You know, I I, I think about times when you go to a hotel, or, or even last night I went to a restaurant with my wife. Very good restaurant, but it was a little frustrating because we walked in and I could see that they were doing things. They were kind of refilling food and stuff at the at the counter, but it took about two minutes for them to actually say, "Oh, hey, we'll be done in just a minute," right? Like, uh-huh. I, oh, that frustrates me. So, can you just tell me? Right when I walk in, hey, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm just finishing this up. And then I know, oh, okay. I know that you at least notice that I'm there. And you're a consumer. You're you're not a guest so much, but you're a customer. And I know that that sounds awful when we're talking about church, that some people come in as customers or consumers. But what we're saying is we meet people where they're at, Mm -hmm. not where we want them to be at. We will work with them. We will walk with them to bring them, help bring them to that place where they're fully devoted and fully delighted. But they don't start there. Mm -hmm. I think that's important just to recognize you don't have to compromise anything biblically to do this value. Yep. You know, to, to create irresistible environments is actually a very loving thing to do. Totally loving thing to do. Um, you know, back to the restaurant thing, because there's so much we can learn from this. Sometimes at a restaurant, they actually want me to do the opposite of what they've said. There's a thing, it's like, you know, put your credit card in. Oh, sorry, it's broken. Here, just hand it here. I'm like, okay, if I can't trust you in these simple ways, am I going to trust you in these big ways with what I'm eating, what you're serving me? And it's very much the same at church. Okay, if you can't be clear in the parking lot, in the lobby, if you can't create uh, trusting environments in these classrooms, can I trust that what you're saying from the stage is biblical, honest, authentic? See, we really think all these small things and environments actually come together to form trust. And trust, as we've said in the first season of this podcast, is one of the one of our highest values with everybody who attends is that they can say, we trust SMCC. I think one of the ways we demonstrate this, we already talked about music, but the message has an outline to it. There are slides that 
appear. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we didn't come up with this sermon on Saturday night. <laughs> we, yes. and, and I know that some people would, would love to say that uh, they're more free to be prompted and led by the Holy Spirit in that preaching moment than we are. We're kind of tied to what we already have prepared. But what we would say to that is we're asking the Holy Spirit to prompt and to lead during the week while we're preparing this outline and these slides. And then the people that come know that this is not something that we just threw together. There's intention to it, and, and we, we do it in series. Like, we know where we're going. There's, there's a beginning to the series and an end to the series. There's, there's a, a theme to the series. There's uh, a thesis, oftentimes, that we're trying to explore during this entire... It's all speaking to the fact that we expect you to be here. We plan for you. Uh, we have intention behind everything that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. We we just packaged, uh, a, we call it package because you put it all together in one deliverable, essentially, to the people who attend. So we're starting a brand new series this weekend. It's called Reality Check. It comes from, uh, it's really inspired by a book called The Story of Reality. Those will be available for purchase, those books, at our locations. We just launched Right Now Media. There's a six-week study from the author of that book on Right Now Media. There's a graphic that goes with it, a bumper that transitions people into the series, out of the music, so there's not an awkward silent pause or a pastor who's like, check, check, is my mic on? Can you hear me? You know, all of that is cringy. So we put all of this together, and it's this package that makes it easy for people to engage with us. We're not trying to show off. We're not trying to be the coolest thing around. We just want people to come with us on this journey, and we want to give people as many resources as possible to engage it distraction-free. Because once somebody has a distraction in the service, um, then their their mind is taken off the what we want to do, which is to lead them to a fully devoted, fully delighted relationship with Jesus. Uh, I was just thinking about what Paul was saying with a consumer. And here's the thing. I totally get that there are listeners, there's probably people that attend SMCC that just do not just feel quite comfortable with understanding that people are consumers before anything else. Because we understand that, that, that when you trust Jesus, um, you, you got to grow maturity to a point that, that um, well, one, we measure maturity by how well we love God and love others. But it's, you know, that comes through saying now, I'm no longer a consumer per se, but I'm, I'm helping, you know, uh, love other people and serve them. But I think back to, you know, you know one thing that, that Eric and Paul would know about me, and maybe listeners don't know, is that I love Apple products, mm-hmm. okay? There was a time in my life where I was not an Apple person, but I distinctly remember when I was 15, actually, um, for school, switching from a different laptop to a, to a MacBook, my first MacBook. And I was a consumer at that point. Um, I hadn't really known much about them, but I was a consumer. I was like, oh, I'll give this a shot, right? How many people come to church on Sunday, our church on Sunday, say, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Once I started using it, now, I mean, I am a raving I could talk for hours about how much you know I yeah. like this product and I like yeah. this thing. And, and people start out as consumers. That's a real example of how that works. And even in the Bible, we see when people were following Jesus around and he fed all these people, right? Those people were at first consumers, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jesus feeding 5,000 people. And, and, and we're kind of you know guessing out here, but I'm not, I'm not, don't think it records for us. And all those 5,000 people trusted you know, in Jesus, right? Like, but there was a point where he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm giving something that they need. They're following me. They're trying to see what I'm about and I'm going to provide for a physical need, you know? So, so people do start at that point mm-hmm. and then some people move to another point mm-hmm. um, when they're at church and hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Now, you are a raving fan of Apple. We want people to be raving fans of, of SMCC. Now, Apple's thought through the entire deliverable. They've thought through what it's like to open. They've thought through their box experience. You know what it looks like. It's predictable. They have predictable success. And so at SMCC, we want to get to the same thing, that people can predict what our service is going to be like. Now, of course, the content changes and the, the you know what we're, what we're giving them, the, 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 the message or the songs, all that changes. But the, the experience is very similar week to week. And so we want to create raving fans. Then it's easy for raving fans to bring their friends to church because it's easy for you to rave about Apple to me. And I'm like, oh, this guy's a nerd, Adam. But like, I, <laughs> I, I get it. Um, it is cool opening an Apple product, you know? It is. Uh, it is. And so that they have the type of quality that creates excellence. Yeah, their quality allows me to trust them um, with what they, you know, are promising in their product. Absolutely. And you've made fun of me. I've told you that I keep <laughs> I keep my product, my Apple products boxes. I like their boxes. I like to keep them. I don't just throw them out because I think that they are, they're beautiful. And uh, so anyways, I'm just, yeah. now I'm just nerding. Not, not, not very helpful. You know, not so beautiful <laughs> at South Mountain, but people hang on to our sermon outlines, right? Because yep. they want to mm-hmm. keep those around. They go back and look at them. Uh, one person came to me one time and said, look, I haven't missed a Sunday in this long. Look at every bulletin. Like they were oh, collecting wow. it. And I'm not saying everybody should do that, but it's just an example uh, of someone who who is a fan of what we're doing here and, and how we're doing it. And um, the quality of the environment was a big part of that. You know, last night uh, or yesterday afternoon, I peeked into our big room uh, where we have our Sunday morning adult worship service. And chairs were moved all over the place, and lights were flashing all around and moving on. I'm like, what's going on here? Oh, we're getting ready for laser tag tonight in our middle school ministry and our fusion ministry. And this was an irresistible environment for a middle schooler. Mm -hmm. They put a ton of work into an event that was going to last an hour. And it was so worth it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it said to every student that walked in there, these guys expected me. They put a ton of work into this. They thought about me when they made this environment. Mm-hmm. And and that is so important for middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. But it's also important for adults as well. And we just don't do it the same way. But intentional thought, get rid of the cringe factor, make sure that everything's understandable, hopefully make it enjoyable, get rid of the distractions, uh, make it clean, make it safe. This is what we're trying to do because they're our guest. And you know what? I, I'll just do another shout out to our people. One of our, one of our core values is that the, the fully engaged person serves the guest. And this is just another example of the way they do that. Then they understand that the environment isn't so important to them they're in, mm-hmm. but they're willing to invest and to uh, actually serve in ministries that create these irresistible environments. And this is a good demonstration of maturity. This is what it means to be mature enough that you're not all about yourself. Mm-hmm. You're about other people. And so I just like to wrap up my comments today by saying thank you to our SMCC people. Absolutely. I think uh, I'll wrap up with this. You know, there was once a day 
that, uh, that everybody had their first day at SMCC. When people say, come on, the lights, you know, that's not important. Now, by the way, we want the lights to be a color that matches the mood of the song because we think that actually draws people in to connect. And so we think about red lights for a certain song, blue lights for a certain song, because certain colors actually connect us emotionally to the content that we're singing. And so that's part of how we think through our color schemes in our services. But um, someone who's been coming for a long time goes, okay, I've seen that, not a big deal. But there was once a day that you had your first day and the environment was so was good enough for you to come back. Now, you might not think environments matter anymore to you, but come on, it's someone's first day this coming Sunday. And so we always got to kind of create some empathy, go back, remember what it was like to be brand new, and then understand, wow, the environment was helpful on my first day, so I want to keep creating a helpful environment for somebody else's first day. So, uh, you know, one thing about consumers, um, people often beat up a church. You know, you're just being a consumer-driven church. Uh, Paul, you've said everyone starts as a consumer. Uh, everyone is a consumer to some degree. Um, people often say this, what you win people with, uh, you keep them with. So if they came for the laser tag, you better keep doing laser tag or they're not coming back. If they came for the big lights and the great band, you better keep doing it or they're not coming back. I like to say, no, you can lead a consumer to somewhere new. You can take somebody who comes as a consumer and help them become fully devoted, fully delighted. In fact, that's what we're here for. So I don't think it's true that a consumer always stays a consumer if you keep giving them stuff to consume. <clears throat> They'll move beyond that if you're leading them well. And so we want to do that. Excellent. Thank you guys for, for just this wonderful content, um, for not only for people that maybe are on the outside looking in for those that attend on Sundays and call SMCC home, or maybe just other ministry leaders and pastors. I think this conversation is very helpful. Um, and, 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 and maybe, you know, if you're at the point or not, you know, maybe you're attending online, but haven't attended one of our services, uh, you know, just know, uh, you know, there's, there's still more to come. And, and, you know, I know that church will, uh, get back to, I'm going to put this in quotes, you can't see, but back to normal at a certain point as well. So we continue to have this emphasis on environments and the quality of what we do, and and, and that's the, the strategy that, that that we go with. So thank you um, for, for being here today. Remember to rate, uh, subscribe, download, share with a friend. That helps us a lot. We so appreciate it as well. You can email or call in with, uh, with the number and email in the description below if you have a question about any of that. And uh, we're so thankful that you are here each and every week. And, and we will see you again next time. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe, give us a rating, or share with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit our website at smccutah.org. Thanks again for trusting us with your time, and we hope to have you back again soon.